you are now listening to Mike's Opinion, Logic Unleashed. That's right, you are now listening to the Mike's Opinion Podcast. Thank you so much for listening and watching on YouTube. Check out the YouTube. Where else can I upload video? Let me know. Who else is doing video pods? I'd really like to know. As always, I hope you are doing okay. I hope you're doing okay. I hope you're doing great. Actually, we're right around the corner from the official start of spring. Of course, I'm here in Texas, originally from New York City. Go Yankees. What's up? But, um, it's spring already it's warm that's why i live in the south because it's warm a lot sometimes it's just too hot it's just too hot real talk but as always i hope you're doing okay today is the world famous update episode i do one a month usually things that catch my eye that i like to talk about i just do an update on them give the mic's opinion take right i appreciate you guys for tuning in as always like share subscribe follow comment support the show links in the show notes wherever you're listening just tap the episode tap see more or something like that um no matter where you're listening spotify apple google like i said youtube wherever you get your pods at you can support the show there's a gofundme paypal cash app i need it I wouldn't be asking for your support if I didn't need it, okay? I need to grow this show. I need your help to do so. Greatly, greatly appreciated. So there's a lot going on in this world today, and I just remembered I forgot to hit the record button on another way I was recording, and now I'll just hit the record button. But anyway. Um, technical difficulties, as you know, I'm a one-man band. Sometimes it's all good, sometimes it is not. So, there's that. But, yo, so, I'm going to start with something that I saw yesterday. Because I drop every Wednesday around noon central time. You can catch it on YouTube or, like I said, wherever you get your pods, you can watch me on YouTube instead of just listening. So it's up to you. If you want to see this mug, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ah, I'm here. I hope I didn't break your screen. But, um, so I do research for everything that I do, right? Especially when related to the pod. So I'm looking for interesting stuff, things, things that, you know, move me. And sometimes just throughout the week, you know, I'll flag something or set it to the side to talk about later. So I'm watching these dudes do a podcast in Houston. And I don't know if you've seen this vid. And I, I, I pause for a minute because I always say I'm going to put the link in the show notes. And I always forget. I, I'm, I'm going to try to remember. But so these two young fellas, you know, I still feel young. I always say young fellas. But the fact is, yeah, I'm getting long in the tooth. But so they're sitting in this cafe in Houston right by the window. The front window that's right adjacent to the street, this SUV comes around the corner, skids, and boom, crashes right through the plate glass right into them. 
And this could have been bad, bad. But it wasn't. They both seemed to be uninjured, just pretty much uh, in shock. But it made me think, yo, is there danger in podcasting? Because they were recording the pod. And I just thought I was like, yo, I got to mention this. Because I'm like, I, I, I should have done some more research in terms of podcast accidents. You know, I, I really want to dig into that and find out if there's, if there's been more podcast, podcast accidents, but I don't think there's been one like this. Cause this was crazy. I, I definitely want to remember to put the link in the show notes so you can check this out or you can Google, um, you know, oh, I said Google, you know, I like to say no brand names cause I'm not sponsored. I'm not sponsored. I'm trying not to read ads value for value. Anyway. So check that out because I was like, yo, when you see this, it is crazy. It's crazy how they did not get seriously injured, how this big SUV did not come further into the cafe that they were sitting in. It's bananas. You got to check it out. Um, the guy's name that were podcasting was Alexi Reyes and Nathan Reeves. Like I said, they seem to be uninjured but this happened in houston just a a couple days ago and it was it was crazy moving on next subject that caught my eye been a lot of commentary about it and i don't know if you've seen the special on a particular streaming network and like i said i'm not sponsored i try not to say no names is it is let me know mike's opinion show gmail.com shoot me an email or hit me up on any of the socials how do you feel that I feel like I shouldn't mention anybody's brand name for free. Like, it's all about the money, right? That's why they pay for advertising. So people will say their name and, and, and mention their product or service. So this is why I don't want to say names. I don't want to say brand names and stuff. Anyway, a very popular, you know, the one blank and chill. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, um, but I'm not saying anything. So Chris Rock. Shout out to Chris. I like Chris. I like the special. I watched it. I didn't watch it live. I caught the recorded version. And of course, everybody was waiting for Chris to talk about when he got slapped by Will Smith at the Oscars last year. And he held that until the end of the show, as he should. And he did his normal routine, you know, observational relationship, you know, kind of his life excuse me, his life um um relationship to things that happen in his life. Anyway, that's you know Chris Rock's brand of comedy. So it was it was this one wasn't as funny as I've seen other Chris Rock special. But I, like everybody else, was waiting to see what he was going to say. And my observations Chris seemed Chris always seems confident on stage. And that Netflix special he did not seem confident from the beginning, but he seemed like he was even more uncomfortable when he start, started talking about that slap. Now, Chris is an actor. He's a comedian. But this, I mean, if he was acting, it was very convincing. I don't think it was an act. I think he's still traumatized. I think he's still shook by what happened. Um, and I think it still bothers him and probably infuriates him. You know, he said... And of course, I'm paraphrasing here. One of the things that, you know, why would Will pick on a dude he know he could beat? Chris Rock admit, it basically, he admitted that 
he can't beat Will Smith in a fight. I don't think he should have admit that because, you know, he said, you know, Will Smith played Ali and he's bigger and taller, blah, blah, blah. But I can tell you, coming from the streets of New York City, it is not the size of the dog in the fight. It is the size of the fight in the dog. Okay. All right. So I'm, I'm not six five and 250 pounds built of muscle, but I have seen dudes that size get knocked out and get dropped by dudes way smaller, smaller than me. And I'm average guy. I'm like five, nine, five, ten. Right now, I'm, I'm down. I lost a couple pounds. I'm under 190. You know what I'm saying? Still feel strong. Don't work out as much as I should. Um, but I'm going to try harder. I try harder every day. I did work out one day this week so far. <laughs> I'll say that. And uh, we have Meatless Monday around here in my house. So I had Meatless Monday. They didn't eat you know, any kind of animal at all, all day Monday. And I had seafood today. So anyway... But Chris seemed mad uncomfortable. You know, it seems like he's still mad about it. He probably called Will Smith a bitch about 75 times. You know, he says some um unsavory things about Will's wife, Jada. And, you know, I have my own take about them. Maybe I'll do an episode about it. You know, about relationships, and I'll include that. And I'll just say, um, it's not favorable to Jada. I'm just going to say that. I don't really like to talk gossip and stuff like that, so I, I, I probably won't even do it, to be honest with you. But let's just say I might be in, in, in some form of agreement with Chris Rock. But shout out to Chris for, you know, saying he's not going to be a victim. And you know, finally talking about it because everybody wanted him to talk about it. He's basically the only one who hadn't publicly talked about it. But what do you think about that slap? Now, you could defend Will, say he was going through it. You know, Will Smith's probably under a great deal of pressure. For it to come out then, you know, I don't know what kind of meds he's on or if he's on any meds or any drugs or if that was just the culmination of decades of frustration and it just happened to come out on Chris. But a lot of people said, suppose it wouldn't have been Chris Rock and it would have been The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson saying that. Would Will Smith have run up there on the stage if it was The Rock up there? Hmm, good question. Anyway, moving on. Coming up soon is the coronation for King Charles III of the royal family. <laughs> oh, look, I'm American. Born in America. I have been abroad. I've been to London. I've been to Paris. I've been you know, Canada, Mexico. I've, I've been places. And I don't really have all that fascination with the royal family. I just don't. I do not. So I don't know if you do. But that's not what this next story is about. It's it's about furniture, really. Because this one caught my eye. There is all this preparation for this coronation. Because you know, the royals, they do all the hoopla, 
right? All the hoopla, the royal pomp and circumstance and the flair and the fabulousness and all the stuff to be royal, the crowns and the jewels and all of that. You dig into the royal family, like the property they own, the, you know, where they get their money. It's very interesting. But in preparation for this coronation, someone there is restoring a 700-year-old chair. Now, for me, that caught my attention. There's a chair that's been in this family, in the royal family. And it may not have been the same relatives. Maybe they are. They say there's a lot of inbreeding there. I'm not going there. Um, but this chair has been in the royalness for 700 years. And the first thing that I came, the th first thought that po popped in my mind, and I mean, I'm no offense to, to nobody, but the first thought that popped in my mind was like, white people keep furniture for a long time. And I don't mean any disrespect because I'm not racist in the slightest. You know? But quality stuff lasts 700 years. It's made of oak. And apparently, when the dude, and I say the dude because I don't think I wrote this down. I didn't in my research. The dude that originally had it commissioned by one of his master furniture makers. He was the king, right? It was layered in gold and had painted glass and all of this fancy stuff on it. You know, we think we balling, right? Like, not me. I need your support. So I'm definitely not in the baller category. Don't really know if I want to be. But anyway... Dudes that's out here, particularly in my black community, you know, athletes and entertainment, that's what we have, right? Sports and entertainment. We got some other stuff, but anyway, for the majority, the ballers, who's getting tens of millions, hundreds of million dollar contracts that can afford luxury items, um, you ain't balling. When you look at world history, I mean, you getting money out here, don't get me wrong, because I'm not. So you get more money than I'm getting, like, exponentially. But are you happy? I'm happy. Anyway, I could be happier with a little more money. But when you look at people who had dough, the royals are one of them. All these royal families. So your $100 million, it ain't nothing to these two. They scoff at that. hundred million? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It ain't no real money to them. They got 700-year-old chairs just lounging. Restore that for the king's coronation. Bring that out the closet. They got so much stuff, it's redonkulous. I don't know why I said that. It's ridiculous. Anyway, I just had to mention that the 700 year old chair made me think like, yo, that's some real keeping some comes quality for one that it didn't fall apart. A chair. You know, we're just going to tuck that. 
Like somebody had to keep that. They're going to move that. Let's keep that for later. And they pull it out at a couple hundred years. Yo, that's crazy. To me, that's bananas. That's some real rich people shit. So this next story, yo, I was bugging when I read this. So just let's say you're a photographer. And you live in France. You're a French photographer from France. You're a Frenchman. And you say, I want to do something interesting. You know what? What can I do? Hmm. What can I do? Um, oh, I'm going to go to America on a photography tour. Yeah. That's what this French photographer did in 2019. He decided to go coast to coast from Miami all the way to Los Angeles, like all of this, this, this way. His name is Francois Prost. And hopefully I'm not messing up your name, Francois, you know, and he took five weeks, traversed the country, traveled over 6,000 miles, I thought that was interesting because he must have went back and forth because my understanding is that our country is only 3,000 miles across. Don't quote me on that. I could be wrong, but that was my understanding. So five weeks, 6,000 miles. And this, can, can you guess what was the subject? And I thought this was so French. This is so slick. The subject of his photography tour was. No. You don't know. I'll be glad to tell you. Strip clubs. <laughs> Yo, I, you can't make this stuff up. Francois decided to come to America to take pictures of strip clubs. All the strip clubs. From the East Coast to the West Coast and everywhere in between. And when I saw it, I read that. I was like, what? I was like, that's pretty slick. Like, if he was married and he or got a girlfriend, you know, wifey, like... Wifey, I'm, this is my best French accent. Hey, wifey, I was going to the Americas to take pictures. I'm going to strip joints. It's research, love. It's research. We oui, we. Oui. <laughs> yeah. Supposedly, now I didn't elaborate whether Francois went inside because he only took pictures. The photography was only of the front facades of the strip joints. Places like Pleasures and Temptations and Cookies and Cream and Nude, Nude, Nude. Like I, I saw some of the pictures. Once again, I'll try to remember to put the link in the show notes. But it never mentioned that he frequented any of these places. There's no pictures of strippers. Like, he didn't say, hey, strippers, come outside. I'm from France. You want to take a picture? Nope. He just took pictures of the building, you know, with the name across the building, just the front facade of the business. And he mentioned in the article how, you know, some of them were prominent and stood out and then how some of them just were so plain. Now, me having have been, I could probably count on one hand how many times I've been to a strip club. It's just not my thing. It's just not. Do I love the ladies? Absolutely. Love the ladies. Do I love scantily clad or butt naked ladies? Of course. I'm hetero. 
testosterone-filled, healthy male. Well, I don't know about the healthy part. I'm getting old. I don't know. But anyway, um, I, I just, the music is too loud for me. Okay. It's dark. I don't know what I'm sitting in. And this is not, I'm not dragging strip clubs. If strip clubs are your thing, I know dudes that that's their spot. Like some people go to the bathroom, they go to the strip club, like regularly, you know, and they making it rain and they doing what they do. They love it. I don't. I love the ladies. I like the, the lady part of it. Everything else? No. But that's me. I'm just not a strip club dude. But I just thought it was very interesting that a man from France, a photographer from France, opted to come to America and take pictures of nothing but strip joints. I thought that was actually, like I said, brilliant. Could you be... I could not go in. I'm I'm there. I'm right there. I'm taking pictures. All his pictures I saw were daytime pictures. And typically... I, I I don't think maybe are there twenty four hour strip clubs? I don't know. I would think like morning that's when they're closed, right? When the sun is out. Anyway, I I, I have limited strip club knowledge, so I don't know. If you know about them, just um you know, let me know. But shout out to Francois um for doing that service to America. For America and for the world. Um Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Many of you know, shout out to my long-time listeners. Uh, I love you, long-time listeners and supporters. Thank you for doing so. Um, I do appreciate that. And any first-time listeners, I hope you stay. I hope you become a long-time listener. But many of you know I am a pet advocate. A lot of my friends and family call me Dr. Doolittle. I've been this way since I was, as long as I can remember. I communicate with animals. Now, hold on. They don't speak English. They're not just talking in sentences, but I can understand them. I don't know how I do, but I just do. I love nature. I love animals. There was a story today that I didn't include in this update of a lady protesting because she doesn't want this tree cut down. And I, I advocate for her. Um, You know, we're ruining the planet. Anyway, I'm not going there right now today. Y'all know I digress, but I'm not going there today. But this homeowner has a dog. Apparently a small dog with a dog bed. And he comes home from work. And lounging in the dog bed is not the dog. It's a bobcat. Now, I'm from New York City. Concrete jungle. We got squirrels. Now, people, I've seen pets of all kinds roaming around New York City. Literally. But they just not out. Roaming about here in Texas, like in my studio, aka office in my house where I am a lot and I work, I look out my window. It was morning, probably, I don't know, it's probably two years ago now. I want to say it might have been spring around this time of year. And my office is to the front of the house. And I look, and this, they got bobcats, is the point I'm making, roaming all around here. Coyotes, like Texas got the wildlife for real. I love it. And so I look over 
and this beautiful, this probably is one of the most beautiful cats I've ever seen in person. This bobcat was beautiful. And I can't say he or she. I got the vibe like it was a she. I don't know how I feel that, but I did. But she walked right by. And besides this wall and this pane of glass, that bobcat was less than five feet away from me. It was just on the other side of the shrub. And it looked like it came across the street. It walked right past my window, walking towards my front door. Without thinking, I jump up, run to the front door, open it, trying to get a closer look at this bobcat. Fortunately for me, the bobcat was gone. I ran out my door to the other side of the house to see if I can catch it going down the side of the house. That bobcat was ghost. I don't know how it disappeared that fast. Or maybe it was in the next house's shrubs. And there's a considerable amount of space between houses here. But, so, I didn't see it. I came back in the house. About, I don't know, I want to say 30 seconds, but probably a little longer than that. It hit me. What the was I doing? If I would have startled this wild, full-grown bobcat, I could have got jacked. Now, of course, I'm not going out like no punk. I will fight a bobcat. I'm biting. I'm scratching. We're going to go at it. I'm fighting for mine. You might win and claw my joint up, but I'm not going out without a fight. But it wasn't the smartest thing to do, but I was just... I don't know. You ever just react to some stuff and you know that, like, in hindsight, like they say, hindsight 2020, you look back and go, yo, I probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah, that was one of those things, you know, because people all the time post on different, you know, apps, the local apps that tie neighborhoods together, you know, they open the doors, a bobcat just lounging. Anyway, back to this story. So the homeowner comes home and finds this bobcat, and they got pictures of this. Once again, I will try to put the link in the show notes if I can remember. This bobcat was lounging on the dog bed, stretched out, comfortable. And I thought a couple of things when I saw that. So think for a second. This bobcat could have lounged anywhere in the house. He could have got on the couch. He could have found a bed. He could have just lounged on the floor. No, he was on this dog's bed. The article never mentioned anything about the dog. Because apparently, the bobcat got in through a doggy door, an unlocked doggy door. You know, they have these pet doors at the bottom of the door. It's usually a little square with a hinge at the top. So the pet, the house pet, cats or dogs, can go in or out freely. Apparently, dude didn't lock the doggy door. And this bobcat came in. And I thought to myself, first of all, This bobcat, you know, like these bobcats live in the neighborhood. They live around here. So, he probably been scouting, right? Yo, come on. Probably looked in the window a couple times. Yo, that bed look mad comfortable, yo. It's hard out here. Ain't nothing smushy and cushy like that. I'm getting there. I see that dog use that door. Yo, I'm telling you, pets think just like us. I know y'all like, yo, Mike, you bugging. No, I'm not. You, yo, they smile, cough, laugh, blink, get sick, get angry. They have emotions. They just like us and people just dis, discount them like they not. They are. Anyway, 
And that cat looks so comfortable. I mean, mad comfortable. And the dude came home and took the picture. So the cat, cats have ridiculous hearing, smell, sense. They can sense you. The picture this homeowner took, the cat laid there long enough for the dude to come home and get photographed and was still like stretched out like, yo, welcome home, buddy. How you doing? Yeah, this bed is mad comfortable. You probably want me to get up, but I'm going to milk this for every second I can because I don't know if you're going to call animal control or what you're about to do, but <sighs> it was nice while it lasted. But dude did call animal control, but the cat bounced before they got there. Do not underestimate the intelligence of wildlife, of animals, of anything that's not human. And I'm calling, I'm talking ladybugs, dragonflies, flies, like a fly. Why you think he move when you try to swat it? Hmm? Anyway. Hmm. Hmm. What are we doing to this world? What are we doing to this world? But shout out to that Bobcat and wherever you at. Cause I hope, I hope you live in your best Bobcat life. I know it's probably hard out there, but he didn't look like he was missing no meals. Anyway, moving on. So. I look in different places for good news. I have said this on a couple other, maybe updates or other um, other episodes of this podcast, that most of the, the mainstream news is bad news, right? Lead story, who got killed. Lead story, murder, murder, murder. Bad, bad, bad. So I, and and I urge you to do the same. I search out good news, and there is good news to be found out there. This next story I found on a good news website. I'm just not so sure it should have been reported as good news. I understand the gist of why it was, but if they would have just thought about a little bit more and thought about the history, he said, yo, Mike, what are you talking about? Okay. A day or two ago, a airline called Connect Airlines, I'm going to mention their name, small airline, just so you'll know what I'm talking about. They celebrated the first passenger flight, airplane flight, with a plane that was fueled solely by hydrogen fuel cells. Hydrogen fuel cells. Hydrogen. Now, while I was reading this story, the first thing that came to mind when I just read the title, before I even read the article, was, really, we're doing hydrogen? Now, I know we're trying to reduce the carbon footprint, and we're trying to, you know, zero emissions, and save the planet, and global warming, and we're trying to do better as human beings. I get it. I do. I get it. But I am old enough. I wasn't there, but I've learned about 
this um this thing called the Hindenburg. Hmm? Do you know what the Hindenburg is? Okay, if you don't, the Hindenburg was a blimp. Like blimp used to be like kind of stylish, right? You can go you just float along quietly and it would have like parties and you know passengers. The Hindenburg crashed and burned. Most likely it was the the, the blimp was filled with hydrogen. Supposedly there was a um electrical malfunction or spark. Anyway, it burnt, it blew up, and crashed to the ground horribly. There's video of it. Hydrogen, like, I'm, it's got to be safer, right? But as I read on, I, um, this is, this, this, it has 75 hydrogen powertrains uh, that they just purchased and they said that this will go down in the history books. And it went on to say, CEO John Thomas of Connect Airlines, very proud, very happy. I'm happy to 3500 MSL, which I found mean sea level. It means like 3500 feet above sea level. Anyway, they're trying to bring this to mainstream by 2025. So we won't have to burn, you know, JP4 or jet fuel, which apparently is very bad for our environment. But I went on to read that, um, and I want to make sure that I, I get this right. The quote, the article, the energy generated by burning, by the burning, the burning of hydrogen feeds, by the burning of hydrogen feeds directly into the electric motor. This means there are no batteries aboard. So let me get this straight. We're burning hydrogen. There's no battery, like as in battery backup, if these fuel cells fail. Is that good news? I don't know. I, mm, I, mm, I, man, like human, we, 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 we be on some extra, we be on some stuff, right? We just can't live one with nature, no, we gotta fly and travel at the speed of sound and innovate and just make all of these progressions, right? Gotta lead a planet, gotta do all these things. Okay. All right. So, yo, Neanderthal Mike, we got to embrace technology. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not fighting the future. Whatever. But burning hydrogen, did we not learn our lesson? It just seems like it's the inevitable bad thing. I don't want to jinx it. I want to talk bad about it. Certainly, we've come a long way since the Hindenburg. And apparently, these fuel cells, they know how to burn hydrogen safely. And so much so, we don't need any backup of any kind because this hydrogen is going to get us off the ground, fly to the destination, and get us down back to the ground safely. We don't even need no batteries. We need no backup. It just doesn't seem careful enough for me. Because when you're talking in the air, I mean, does everybody get a jumpsuit and a parachute just in case? I don't know. It just seemed weird. Shout out to them. 
I'm all for saving the planet and reducing all the carbon emissions and all the pollution. You know, just as a side note, I didn't want to include, I hadn't planned on including this, but this Willow Oil Project, oh man, people are going bananas over it because we want to start drilling in Alaska. Yeah, how long until we mess that up? And beautiful, pristine Alaska, I haven't visited, but I understand the state is beautiful before there's a, a mishap. Supposedly there's 600 million barrels of oil there and it will help us become less dependent on foreign oil. Can we innovate no oil things that need no oil? We made enough plastic containers and all the gasoline and, and this and that. I mean, there's, we should be able to live without oil. Anyway, I'm not going there. No, I digress. I'm not going on the tirade, but shout out to that airline for trying to do the right thing. I just hope we can do so safely and there's no accidents because if hydrogen explodes, it's a wrap. It's done. I'm not a scientist, but that's the way I understand that. It's a wrap. My final story for today, I always try to end on a on a, a good note, is inspirational to me. I hope it is to you. A couple days ago, a young lady by the name of Betty Lindbergh. And when I heard the name Lindbergh, I thought about Lindbergh. So I'm wondering if she's related. 98 years old, just ran, ran a 5K in under an hour. Yeah, if you feel some kind of way about that and make you go look yourself in the mirror and say, what am I doing? What am I doing with my life? 98 years old. Ran and finished a 5K in under an hour. Shout out to Betty Lindbergh. Yeah. So, as you get older, things happen. Right. And when I clicked on this story to watch the video, because they got video of Betty coming across and she stopped and checking her watch before she crossed the finish line. And as you know, we live in an ad world. We're inundated with ads. I'm surprised they don't pay people to put ads in their house. Like you put pictures on your wall, put this ad in your house. We put a little video camera to make sure you don't take it down and we'll pay you money. I should probably propose that. Like, I'm surprised that hasn't happened. Everywhere you go, there's advertisements, right? So I clicked on the link for this story. As you know, any news story, any website, most of the time, there's ads playing. And before I go further, this is an ad-free space. Do you feel comfortable? In this ad-free space, you can click on the Mike's Opinion Show. You can you can listen to the Mike's Opinion Show. You can watch it, and there's no ads. Now, I can't say there won't be any ads on the YouTube channel. Trying to monetize. Watch it. If you listen to it, watch it on YouTube, too. Support the show, please. But on one of the uh, DSPs, there's no ads. At least there shouldn't be. If you hear an ad, 
or my podcast anywhere, immediately reach out to me. I need to know because I'm not getting that ad revenue. Real talk. If you hear an ad during the Mike's Opinion podcast, wherever you get podcasts, report it to me, please. Mike's Opinion Show at gmail.com. The link is in the show notes. I never really thought about that till just now. If you hear ads on my pod, let me know, please, immediately. Hit me up on the socials or email me, Mike's Opinion Show at gmail.com. But I hope you're comfortable in this ad-free place and you appreciate not hearing ads. You know, ads serve their purpose. I'm not an ad hater. I'm just saying. But ironically, before I can get to this story and see the video of Betty crossing the line, there was an ad, of course, for cancer. Now, I don't know if you see the irony in this. Some ads are just, you know, wrong. Like you scroll on some of these news websites, you know, there'll be murder, buy a mattress, rape, buy some shoes. Like these ads are placed, I'm just thinking this just seems so inappropriate. Somebody just lost their life. You know, why, why? You know, I was about to mention a horrible story that just happened, but I'm not even going to mention that. Happened here in Texas. Um, But the ad said 50% of people will be diagnosed with cancer. Half of all people will be diagnosed with cancer. And I'm like, do we need that while we're trying to celebrate Betty? No. No, we do not. Anyway, I try not to even pay attention to him. But I want to catch the beginning of the story because guess what? If you click the story again, you're going to have to watch another ad. So anyway, shout out to Betty. and made me say, yo, 98. I'm like half of that. I got to do better. Then I work out. I try to eat healthy. I don't work out as much as I should. I don't eat as healthy as I should. Or I could. But the struggle is real and I keep trying because I would like to be a 98-year-old man crossing the finish line of a 5K. I would love to be that. That just, that seems like you living, like you lived. And I don't know nothing else about Betty. I don't know what she's done for her life. But I just got to say kudos to her and it's inspirational to me. I feel myself getting older at some point you you know your body starts giving you the middle finger and you have to fight back i've been facing a lot of challenges in my life and i continue to try to rise to those challenges but try to take care of yourself that's what i wanted to say about the, the Betty the Betty Lindbergh story made me think about that. We are being inundated with fast food commercials, unhealthy ads, fast this, quick that, microwave that. There is a movement that seems to be gaining traction for plant-based diets, healthier foods, more exercise. But don't get it twisted. 
Don't get it twisted. The medical communities, hospitals are not charity locations. They're not charities. They are for profit. Meaning they make money off of your illnesses. A lot of the foods in grocery stores, processed, ultra-processed, pre-packaged, lots of recalls. We don't know what's in these. We trust what's in these. That the ingredients is what it is. We trust the Food and Drug Administration, otherwise known as the FDA. We trust all of these things in these pipeline. The food that comes out, I mean, the water that comes out of our faucet. We trust all these things. And a lot of times they go astray, to say the least. But who has the time to grow their own food, to process their own food? I've done some gardening and I can tell you it is a labor of love, keyword being labor. It takes time and effort. I loved it when I've done it. I'm considerate do, doing it again. But for reasons that I won't mention here, I, I may not this spring. Um, but take care of yourself. Eat some carrots and broccoli, something organic if you can find it, if you can get it. Work out. If you don't do nothing but go for a walk 30 minutes a day, do it. Betty doing it at 98 years old. Shout out to Betty. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you listening and watching so much. And as always, I hope you're okay. I hope you are great. I really do. I always do. And if you're not, find a pathway to okay. Find a way to get there. You can. You definitely can. Again, thank you for listening. I'm Mike, and this is the Mike's Opinion Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to Mike's Opinion. Logic Unleashed. Unleashed.